Hello, Quilt and Tellers. It's me, Tracy. I wanted to let you know that this episode of Quilt and Tell is brought to you by Gamel. I spoke with Jody Robinson. She's a Gamel quilt artist and educator about how she started her long arm business 24 years ago and how using a Gamel long arm led to a surprising career. Make sure to check out our chat at the end of this episode. Hey, listeners, we want to bring you more new episodes of Quilt and Tell. If that's something you want to, let our bosses know. Email podcasts at goldenpeakmedia.com and say, I want my quilt and tell. Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Shahidatic. Welcome to the show. Lori, Ginger, and I are so excited to catch up. It just seems like forever since we chatted. Today during Open Studio, we are chatting with the tattooed quilter himself, Christopher Thompson. We're so excited to talk to him. And in our Fine Finishes segment, we are reading some letters from listeners. So be sure to stay tuned. How are you, ladies? Good. So excited to like hear from you guys. I miss you. Yes. <laughs> I miss you too. I, I feel like, all right, I feel like we've got to address the elephant in the room because we do get the occasional question mm-hmm. regarding the timing of the, the podcast. And we've had sort of an unfortunate uh, series of events that have limited the amount of hours that we can do the podcast. And so we are hoping to get back to the normal schedule soon. Right, ladies? Yes, yes right. Putting a, putting a limit on my talking is just pure torture. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it's starting to come up in my memories on Facebook that mm-hmm. we had just started last year, just started doing weekly I podcasts. Know. Right. Oh. It was kind of nice. It was a lot of work, but it was nice. <laughs> well, and it helped keep me sane. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Like, I don't honestly, I don't know what we would have done if I didn't have you guys. Like it really did kind of get through that that moment in time. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But what else have you guys been up to? I mean, I literally, I feel like since the, I think our last get together, was it the Zoom? It was the podcast right before that, that we yes. recorded. So uh, it's so funny. We all got those. Uh, did you ever get your to- your um, quilt actually finished, Tracy, or did just the top? I just did my top. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It I just so did the good. top. I ended up. Um, so, you know, Michelle sent us the kits and I was two strips short for the border. And so then I was trying to figure out if I could make it work and make the border a little more narrow and then I messed up cutting and of so course. that was it yeah. <laughs> I was like all yeah. right that's all it all takes right. that's that's all that I can do so uh, have you I started, started on anything else or yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah like what have I finished anything else no mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> so have two quilt tops completely done and ready to be quilted so that's, that's where great. I am. So baby quilts still has them gifted, but I've seen the baby. And, nice. Uh, still a baby? <laughs> still, still a quite tiny baby. <laughs> still like itty bitty. So you're fine. Still you sleeping know? most of the time. Um, so planning to get that one done after the other secret one I'm working on. Ooh. I'm working on a secret one for, for quick and easy for Fonz and Borders Quick and Easy quilts. And um, I can give a vague description, don't you think, Lori? I think so. And and let me tell you guys out there, it is gorgeous. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm so super cool. excited about it. It is honestly just a log cabin. I oh. say just. I shouldn't really. It's, it's a kind of small log cabin, honestly. Um, and it is super scrappy. And I, so we decided that, and by we, I mean, Denise Stark, our editorial director and art director, and I 
decided that we I needed to take the blocks and take pictures of them in different um, layouts because mm-hmm. it's a lot of common and you can do that, right? So I had to pause last week and go into the studio with our uh, photographer, Molly Stevenson. And Yay, shout out to Molly. Woo-hoo. Yeah, shout out to Molly. <laughs> and put them up on the wall and then like take them all down and rearrange and then put mm-hmm. them back on the wall because it was not a design wall. It was just a wall with like <laughs> little tacks. So it was kind oh, of a pain. Oh, no. Um, so it took forever. <laughs> um, but... I got to play with the layouts, but I I needed four. I realized I needed at least four more blocks oh, um, yeah. after I did that. And so um, finished up the blocks over the weekend and had played with it a little at home. I was completely convinced at what layout I was going to use. And then as I was tor- sort of taking some pretend layout photos, because I certainly wasn't going to, I'm not going to put pictures of the blocks on my, you know, hardwood floor. Um <laughs> in the magazine, yeah. but I wanted to sort of play a little bit and take some pictures so that I sort of had an idea of what it was going to look like um, it, once it's in the magazine. And Sydney walks in and she sees them in the layout where you make sort of diagonal rows of, you know, light and dark. Mm-hmm. And she loved it. Oh. And I was convinced, like, I'm not, I'm not doing what Sydney wants this time because I always do what Sydney wants. <laughs> like any so, good mom. This know? is my right. quilt. This is my quilt. I'm right. using I'm using some Lori Holt fabric. And I realized as I was making it that this is the third quilt in a row I have made using Lori Holt fabric. Ooh. How funny is that? And I'm not sick of it yet. So <laughs> that was really funny. So I used so I used Lori Holt fabric. It's super colorful and scrappy. And I get home. I finished making the blocks on this Saturday and Sunday. I started playing with the layout, and sure enough, did it the way Sydney liked it. <laughs> she won out again. Won again. Dang oh. it! Um, but it's going to be super cute. I kind of still am toying with: do I go out and get some fabric for a border? I'm not quite sure. Um, but it needs to be quilted. Like it was due in the office today, but don't tell Denise. It's our secret. secret. So when does that come out? When does that uh, magazine hit the shelves? That will be in the August-September issue, I believe. I'm going to have to think about that. Why This happens every single show where I'm like, which one? Not sure. I don't know how you keep them all straight, honestly. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah. And for the listeners, we are working. I mean, we're working at least three issues out usually. Yeah. And I have two magazines. So I'm constantly juggling three issues, you know, six issues in my head. Right. Um, and on paper. <laughs> I can barely keep up with what I'm doing next week, let alone like, you know, <laughs> three issues from now. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So that's what I've been working on. Nice. Um, How about you, Lori? Because I know you've got a lot of stuff going yes. on, right? Okay. So for the <laughs> September-October issue of McCall's, I... Our theme was row quilts, and we selected row quilts from three different designers. And then we had this brilliant idea, I think it was Tracy's idea, actually, to do a combined, um, each of those three designers was given all of the blocks that all three of them used. Now come up with another quilt using all those different blocks. Well, I thought it sounded like so much fun that I had to do it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've finished since we talked um, a row quilt using Maywood Silver Jubilee, and it's really pretty blues oh, and whites and collection. silvers. Oh, it's pretty. Um, and then for the November-December issue of McCall's, we had a lady doing these cute little zippered bags that are like, oh, maybe four by six inches with a box bottom. And I wanted to show our readers all the different possibilities. We were... we're talking about it as a quick project, and here's how you do it, and and they really are quick. But what if you did, and I, I made five or six 
things with different uh, embroidered lace, and I sewed on buttons and had lots of fun doing that. So, so lots of embellishing going on. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. And now the good news is I'm done with that, so I get to start on something new. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but ask me again tomorrow because I'll probably know by then. (laughs) You will. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, man. Oh, well, that's good. You know, I got to say, I feel like that's funny because I, I... that's in my mind already. Like, what's the next thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it's not going to be for work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so what are Go you ahead. doing, Ginger? Yeah. Ginger, what's, uh, what's happening I, with you? I have been super lazy um, <laughs> since I finished the last quilt, uh, but I've been doing some different stuff. I actually took a little, little, you know, dip into the hand embroidery. Um, it was so funny. Uh, we were at Target of all places, and you know how they have like the dollar to three dollar mm-hmm. bins, and they had these cute little kits and. Parker, of course, loves to go over there, my daughter. And she found one and it had these cute little cactuses. And she was like, can you do this, mom? I was like, well, you can do it. I was like, it's really easy. Of course, she like opened it, started it and was like, no, I'm bored, mom. So I just was like sitting around one day and I went ahead and I did it. And I had such a nice time. Like it was a good rainy day type project. I sat there watching, you know, had a movie on and was just kind of doing that all day. And I finished it in a day. And so uh, anyway, so it was kind of fun. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I will dip, dip even more and start adding a little bit to my my quilts in the future and stuff, but enjoyed that. And then the, it was so funny, uh, this past weekend, uh, we were being super lazy because the weather has not been great here. Like, it's been really kind of not not so great. <laughs> and uh, uh, flipping through the channels, Parker, my daughter, and I, and came across Quilt in a Day. And it was just, I got her to watch 10 minutes of it without, like, she was asking me questions. She was like, <laughs> she seemed genuinely interested. I was like, all right, baby steps. Yes. And uh, I even, like, recorded the full episode so I was like oh maybe we'll go back and watch it or whatever but it was it was kind of nice just and I was like and I knew everything she was talking about I was like all right I was like (laughs) so anyway so a little boost to my ego there and just the fact that she was like genuinely interested for at least a limited amount of time was was awesome so we had that moment but yeah so I'm 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 really trying to stick to I want to finish up I have two quilts that I need to quilt and I want to get those done before I start anything new so I'm really kind of trying to stick to that um uh and hopefully by the next time we all get together maybe i'll I'll at least have one of them done maybe it's a lot of quilting and i i feel as if my confidence level in that isn't as much but i know once i get through this it's gonna skyrocket so anyway mm-hmm. yeah good for you so, but yeah i love it and you know and it's funny because i feel like i learned to, to quilt watching eleanor burns on tv yeah. you know yeah, I was telling uh, my daughter. I was like, "Yeah, I got to I got to meet her and and see her at uh, Quilt Market." I was like, "That was so long ago. I miss being <laughs> with oh, people and being at Market." And, like, <laughs> and then I went down that spiral, and that was not good. <laughs> oh, I know, but it just uh, seems like forever. I know. It's, it's. I tell you, that first quilt market back is going to be insane. Oh my I gosh. think everybody's. It's just going to be one big group hug. I think everybody's oh, just going to be like nobody's going to want to. Oh, it's, it's, I got to hug someone this weekend. <gasps> it's amazing because I I finished got my second dose and they oh. ha- they were vaccinated too and I was like I can hug you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Slowly getting back to normal. Uh, <laughs> it's going to take forever. Yeah. Yes. I'm still a little bit like, oh, come on. Yeah, so Lori, have you gotten your shots too or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've actually got my second one. Yeah, I still, I've tried to get an appointment. I can't get an appointment anywhere. Oh, I'll help you. (laughs) I became an expert. We'll get it eventually. So eventually we'll hug. We will hug again. (laughs) Yes, we will. We might actually even be in the office together at some point. Wouldn't that be great? Being able to actually like record the podcast in person. What a thought. That's crazy. (laughs) You can do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember the good old days when we used to sit around the round table and just talk. (laughs) 
right barely. on top of each other. Yeah, I know, barely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's hard to remember that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I've gotten, notice in my closet here that I've gotten, I've switched out to summer clothes as to winter clothes. <laughs> like, the change has happened. So that's why we're getting snow today. Steve, now we're going to need to take a, I'm going to need to take a screenshot. <laughs> Just so that we can, you know, share that in the show notes. That's all right. So. <laughs> all right. Well, should we go talk to Christopher? Let's yes. do. I'm oh, excited. I'm so excited. Me too. Today in Open Studios, we are joined by Christopher Thompson, a.k.a. the Tattooed Quilter. He is a quilt designer, a fabric designer, and director of product marketing for Riley Blake. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you. We oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, this was, Ginger, do you want to say anything as you open? Because you were the one who was like all gung-ho, like you need it, we needed to have him on the show. It's purely selfish. No, because I've, I've, <laughs> I met Christopher like a while ago via just emails and everything. And we were trying to work together. I think I was trying to set it up so you could come and do a class for us. And of course, the universe, you know, things just didn't seem to work out. So I think since then, it's been like I've been pining to work with you in some sense. So when we were coming up with guests, I was just like, this is awesome. We could totally bring him. You know, I think he'd be up for that. And <laughs> You've had some big changes in your life, um, which we can talk about in a little bit. But um, but yeah, so it's just I feel like, uh, you know, finally to have this chance to actually talk to you and hear your story and all that good stuff. I'm very excited about that. Awesome. You're probably thinking, when did I talk to her? <laughs> <laughs> that happened? What? <laughs> what? Who is this crazy woman? No. I swear it did. It did. <laughs> and now I feel like I've been like stalking you on Instagram for the last like, you know, couple months or whatever. So uh, I'm not a stalker, I swear. Yes, <laughs> Yes, she is. All right, Christopher. So um, we usually start out by asking you how you started quilting. Can you share that story with us? Yeah. So, uh, I'm from a super creative family. Both of my parents are very creative. And really my introduction to quilting was through my great-grandmother and my grandmother. And as far back as I can remember, I was sitting underneath quilting frames, either watching them hand quilt a quilt or tack a quilt. And um, yeah, it just continued to be a part of my life. Um, and my first quilt was when I was 15. It was for a church talent competition. And uh, it was in blues and whites with, you know, blue is my favorite color. And I won first place. Um, nice. I was just going to ask. I was like, did you win? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I remember, you know, being made fun of because, you know, boys don't quilt um, mm -hmm. or so. But So uh, they say. Yes. <laughs> um, who's laughing now? Yes, and, exactly. exactly. And uh, my great aunt stepped in and, you know, my great aunt stepped in and she said, no, you know boys can sew and quilt too. And, you know, let's see you make something like this. So I still have that quilt and it's terrible. Um, <laughs> the hand quilting is so bad. And I remember using two thimbles to hand quilt it because I was such a wuss. Um, <laughs> but you know what, for it to be, gosh. Hey, hand quilting is painful. <laughs> I used to do all my quilts with hand quilting and, you know, it takes a while to build up a callus. You know? And that just shows how smart you were to use two yeah. of them instead of one, you know? Right? <laughs> I wish that I remember which two thimbles it was so that I could still have them, but um, it still looks good for 20 years. Is it 20 years? Do you have any pictures of it? I do. I do. Oh, yes. We'll have to oh, share You're going to have to share that with us. to see that. Yeah, that mm -hmm. would be great. And please, my first quilt was terrible too. <laughs> well, and you know, it was in the 90s, so it wasn't, we really didn't call them mini quilts. We called them wall hangings. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they, you know, wall hangings had a loop at the top and you would right. put a dowel rod through yes. it with a fancy, you know, finial on the side. Right. Um, and so it still has the loops um, <laughs> terribly tacked on, but they're still there. <laughs> It's not so, really um, the aesthetic anymore. <laughs> at what point did you like figure out like, hey, I can I can actually make a career out of this? Like, how did that all come about? It wasn't until way after college and I had started my career um, at The Gap. And, um, you know, I worked at The Gap in college. And then after college, uh, an opportunity for uh, came open at their corporate office in San Francisco. And so I moved to San Francisco. And uh, my boss at the time 
was into crafting and sewing and knitting. And she said, Hey, they're doing it in, you know, a, um, a, uh, craft show here at the office for charity. We should, you know, enter it together. And I said, Oh, I don't know what I would make. And she said, well, you can sew. Why don't you make something? And I was like, okay, I haven't done this in so long. And so she gave me her sewing machine and I went and bought, uh, what was modern fabric to me because growing up, we didn't really have modern fabric or modern fabric designs. Um, I didn't know who fabric designers were. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the material growing up was hand-me-downs or from clothing or, you know, so upcycling, as you will. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I jumped into it and made some pillows and started to learn who uh, fabric designers were and who, you know, bloggers were because that was, you know, sort of that time frame when blogging was really big. And um, started just to learn more about the industry from a different point of view than I had grown up with. And uh, so I really, you know, was really fascinated and wanted to get back into it. So my job ended up moving me to New York City. And I bought my first sewing machine through HSN um, because it was something that I could pay for by the month. And doing research to buy a new sewing machine was very overwhelming. And so I just hit click bought it and uh, it was a workhorse. And I made my first full-size quilt, modern quilt, um, in my 425 square foot apartment in New York City. Was the quilt bigger than the apartment? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. And uh, I ended up buying a Hoosier cabinet, an antique Hoosier cabinet um, to sew on because we didn't have, there wasn't like a surface, a hard surface in our apartment for me to sew on. And that apartment, the floors uh, had a sharp angle toward the middle of the building. And so the Hoosier cabinet had to be raised so that everything was even. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Um, And it really became something that I was really enjoying doing and reminded me so much of growing up and and I was like, you know, I think I want to keep doing this. And my roommate at the time, um, who moved with me from San Francisco to New York, she said, you know, you should start a blog. And I said, well, I don't even know what I would do or what, what my name would be. Um, and so she said, uh, you should be the tattooed quilter because at the time I already had my scissor tattoo and I had my pincushion tattoo and those were to pay homage for growing up, you know, in a quilting family. And, uh, so we looked it up on Google as one does and no one else Mm -hmm. had the name. And so the tattooed quilter was born. Nice. I love it because it gives you that edge, you know, because when people see quilting, they normally don't think edge. (laughs) And we wanted it, you know, uh, the brand identity was going to be black and white because that felt very New York. And if you look at my logo, New York City's on my logo Mm -hmm. and uh, that there's pins on my logo that uh, have been later or later trend. They were later made into fabric. Um, So, yeah, the tattoo quilter was born and, and I don't. Blogging for me, uh, I really quickly realized I wasn't, I didn't have anything to say that others weren't already saying, you know, there's, there's so many half square triangle, you know, tutorials out there that I didn't feel the need to keep doing that. And so I found that my audience and who I wanted to connect with was more on Instagram. Mm. And so mostly everything went through Instagram and, you know, I was posting more and connecting with brands and connecting with other designers and and um, makers and so that really took off and um i ended up sw- I, my instagram name wasn't the tattooed quilter to start out with it was nyc christopher and um i you know not soon after becoming the tattooed quilter switched it and i uh, haven't looked back it's been awesome yeah, and I, I'm kind of curious because I definitely know when I see your stuff, you have such a cool aesthetic. It's so clean and it's just mm-hmm. really colorful. And I'm kind of curious because it seems like you telling me you worked at the Gap. I, I did you get influenced by that at all? Because that's they were like marketing. They are marketing gurus, and it's like you. They're very clean. They're very sleek. They're very. And I'm just curious. Did that uh, influence you at all? Um, yes and no, I would say I've always been a neat freak and been very organized and, and sort of everything in its place and a bucket and a cabinet and, um, but definitely influenced by fashion for sure. Um, and color as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, 
I don't know. I would say I was kind of born with it in a sense. It's just in you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about, I think, the quilts that you have, too, is it does feel like each one of them, they, you know, have a very similar feel to them, but yet they all have so much personality. Like, and I just, I love that. Um, and looking at those, you guys should all definitely check out his Instagram account because there's so much fun stuff to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Super colorful. Very clean. Um, how did you, you know, make the transition to from quilting as, you know, a hobby um, and it becoming more of your career? So I didn't go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to have a career in quilting. It was more, you know, like you said, a hobby. And I think the more that I connected with brands and other designers, it became more of a, I kind of want to do this. It was like a challenge you know, and, um, you know, I learned early on from, um, some, you know, designers who had been in the industry for a while that if you wanted to make a career out of it, you had to teach and you had to have a book and you had to have design fabric and you had to have patterns. And so I was like, okay, you know, and it sort of became this checklist of things for me to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and then it also involved me really putting myself out there, um, you know, and, there were a lot of no's, you know, uh, a lot of people have said no to me and, and, you know, I, it didn't stop me from, you know, continuing to try. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, threw myself into it. I learned how to do, you know, design with fabric and doing it through the computer and, and scanning artwork in. And, um, you know, I'm not really a great pattern designer, so I don't have a lot of patterns. Um, I think I'm too nervous for the repercussions of something being wrong in the pattern. Um, so I don't um, feel that. Oh yeah. Both Tracy and Lori can feel that pain. (laughs) Yes. So I, uh, don't really, uh, do patterns. Um, but one thing led to another and it just went from being a hobby to being more of a career. And I would say not a full-time career, even though I, I, there are days when I would love for it to be a full-time career. It was more a part-time career. So I was still juggling working full-time at the gap and, um, managing the tattoo quilter. And so now you do, you've got a full-on, full-time job. And that is the, I want to get this right, Director of Product Marketing, and it's for Riley Blake Designs. So what exactly does the Director of Product Marketing do? Yeah, so the pandemic, you know, while it closed some doors, it opened other doors. And this was Mm -hmm. an opportunity that I couldn't say no um, to. And, And I love Riley Blake, and I've been designing fabric for them for a while. And, uh, it just seemed like the natural transition. Um, you know, we, my partner lost his job on Broadway and, and so, uh, this job come up, come open during the pandemic. And I said, heck yeah, let's do it. You know, you only live once. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, Gamel. Gamel knows that whether you are making a quilt for a family member, a customer, or making a show quilt, you want your quilting to stand out. With Gamel long arm machines, your dreams are within reach. When I started, I was 27. So I had a kindergarten age son. I've quilted that whole time. So it's like an awesome thing that you can do in your own home, still be there for your kids. And I mean, it helped put my son through college. That's Gamel artist Jody Robinson. She's been quilting on a Gamel for 24 years. She's created this amazing technique that I think is pretty cool. She uses quilt stencils as the jumping off point for creating stunning quilting designs. I came across this stack of stencils and I was like, I bought these 20 years ago and never used them. And it just hit me. If I took this and turned it over and then marked it again, I could fill it in. And it was just like this weird thought and it did work. You can hear the full interview with Jody at the end of the show. She talks all about why she has used a gamble for 24 years and so much more. Stay tuned. You guys made a big move, too, didn't you? Because you you left New York after because, I mean, I, I just always identified you with New York. As a matter of fact, I even just assumed you were from New York because it's such a big part of, of who and what you are. So now you guys are in Salt Lake, right? Yes, we're in Salt Lake. How is that I'm, transition? It's it's different for sure. Um <laughs> But the change of pace has been really nice. Um, you know, we lived three blocks from Times Square. And so, you know, we were constantly surrounded by the hustle and bustle of the city and getting on a train and, and being around people all the time. And so coming here has been nice because we're, we've been able to kind of slow down and refocus. And um, even through my quilting, I, I haven't been sharing as much since we've moved here. And 
I think, you know, I'm kind of going through a phase of like, okay, what's next? What, you know, what's that next chapter in my quilting um, career going to be? Um, even design wise, like what's the next uh, part of that? Because I was so inspired by fashion and, and New York. Um, but yeah, we, it's been nice because we went from 650 square feet, uh, to all of my stuff being in our bedroom closet to now having an, a dedicated sewing space, um, in a 1200 nice. square foot space. Uh, nice. so, oh, that's a perk. That's definitely a perk. <laughs> yeah. So it's been great. It's been really awesome. And, um, you know, working at Riley Brake has been great too. Uh, it's been six and a half, seven months now. And, uh, yeah, I'm the director of product marketing. So basically I'm the liaison between the design and the marketing team. Hmm. And I support both as well as work on any new product releases, whether that's like a new notion or a new gadget or a new home decor item. Um, you know, I, that all funnels through me. Oh, that sounds awesome. That just sounds like a dream job. It really has, yeah, it, has yes. it really been, you know, fun to do. And, and, and is it turning into that dream job? And do you have to pinch yourself? <laughs> oh, yes. Every day I'm like, wait a minute. I, you know, went from a little boy sitting underneath my great grandmother's quilting frames to now working for one of the world's best fabric, fabric manufacturers. I mean, it's really cool. Um, and doesn't happen quite often, you know, the, the industry is so small. Even, I mean, the fashion industry is super small, too. So I feel very blessed to be where I'm at. And I got to say, hmm, two months ago, maybe, I started noticing that on the Riley Blake Designs website, you guys have what? really cool <laughs> stuff coming out. We do, like, yeah. Has that ramped up more recently or are you just better at marketing it? <laughs> um, I, you know, no. I mean, they've been doing notions for a while. I have a cutting mat that came out uh, two years ago, I think. It's white on one side, black on the other. Mm -hmm. um, quickly sold out. So we're uh, doing a new print. We've added some new um, things to it. We up to size. We're now at 35 by 47, which is gigantic and awesome at the nice. same time. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, they've been producing notions for a while and um, it's only going to get better. You know, we have some really cool stuff in the in the works um, for later this year and next year. But yeah, some really great things. Was there anything that you want to tell us about that's coming out soon that you want to let people know about? I know when I think I initially set up this interview, you had mentioned that there might have been a couple things. So do you have anything great coming up? Yeah. So I actually have a new fabric line coming out um, oh. next month. Um, it's my first Christmas collection. <gasps> oh, yay. Nice. Yeah. Christmas is my favorite holiday, followed by Halloween. Aww. And, um, this one, um, yeah, it comes out in May and, uh, it's traditional colors, Christmas colors, but then a splash of pink and a splash of black, of course. And, um, yeah, then I have another line coming out in November called Saturday in Paris. Um, Ooh. and its theme is all Paris. Um, and, uh, oh, I guess I should say the Christmas line is called Holly Holiday. Okay, good. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So Holly Holiday. Holiday. Can oh. we share a picture of it in our show notes? Oh, yes, of course. Sweet. Um, and uh, with the Saturday in Paris collection, we I designed a couple of uh, quilt panels. Quilt panels are super popular now. Yeah, uh, sure are. They really are. And there's some really, really cool ones. And um, this one sort of feels like uh, posters in a sense, like uh, Paris posters. Ooh, that maybe yeah. you would see in like a teen girl's room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, panels, man, I... It's interesting because growing up, like panels were like cut and sew. You know, there were dolls yes. and and or baby blankets. And mm -hmm. um, you know, looking back, I'm like, I don't, you know, wouldn't think panels would still be very popular, but they are. And there's some really groovy ones out there. So I was excited yeah. to have panels I, in this I collection. I would say, like Lori, I'm thinking maybe two years ago at market, we were talking about how panels were still so popular. And, you know, Lori's our acquisitions editor, and I can't even tell you how many times we get, there's almost always someone who submits using a panel, wouldn't you say, Lori? Oh, yeah. For every round? Yes, absolutely. And and there are all sorts of fun things to do with panels besides just mm -hmm. binding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I wonder if that is correlates with the the growth and how popular free motion quilting is becoming too. So I feel True. like there's definitely a connection between mm -hmm. the two. Yeah. Nice. There's so, do you that. have like a deep uh, a, a deep story with Paris, or why why Paris? 
Um, well, you know, it's the city of love mm-hmm. um, and uh, very romantic. And I think there's, you know, while there's this hard edge to me in the tattooed quilter, um, there's a very soft side to me too. And, and um, you know, most of my fabric lines, if you look at my portfolio of work, um, tend to be very romantic or, mm-hmm. you know, could be feminine. Um, and that's okay. I love flowers and, and beautiful florals and, and uh, uh, I said that twice, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there was, there's, there's this love of Paris and I've never been, um, it's on my list. And, uh, there Me was, too. there was, you're some, not the only one. There was, I mean, I don't, I don't even have a passport. Oh, I mean, well, you can't go anywhere right now, really, anyway. So yeah, that's true. save it. That's that, true. That, that that's sounds true. like that's a big thing to do. Like once we're all free again. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, and so this was just a, a dream of, of really waking up, you know, in Paris and doing all the fun things in Paris. And um, I even say that in the description of the, the collection about, you know, imagine waking up and smelling croissants and you know, hitting oh. up the markets in Paris and just being, just having this beautiful day or like a, maybe like a typical day that you would have, you know, on a weekend where you're doing your errands, but imagine doing that in Paris. And so that's where the inspiration came from. Nice. And so did you work on these designs while you were working full time there? Was there any difference in the, in that process at all? Or was it pretty, pretty much the same? Um, the collection was pretty much wrapped up when I moved here. Okay. Oh, good. We did rework a couple of the prints. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it's, it was weird being in the office and working on them. Um, but, uh, most of my design, you know, takes place at home and, you know, I show them stuff when I've been working on it, similar to what I would do. Cause I, the design director, Holly, I would email her all the time and say, Oh, I'm thinking about this or what about this? And, so I kind of still do the same thing, but now I can just show her versus uh, right. emailing her. <laughs> Big difference, right? <laughs> so how far in advance do you work? We are right now about a year out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like I said, I, I don't think I even know what I'm doing next week, let alone a year. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because it's like that in – it's somewhat like that in the – in the fashion industry too, you're, you know, eight to 12 months out in the fashion industry. So, you know, you're working on Christmas in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's kind of the same thing, um, with fabric. And it's the same for us too. We're about, right. we're about seven months out, right, Lori? Yeah. Seven or eight months. And, and so we're always working on Christmas in the middle of the summer and New Year's is usually in August. And <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, but it's funny because by the time Christmas, like I used to, used to get so excited about the holidays and like, I love Halloween and I love Christmas and get so excited. And now by the time it comes, I'm like, so done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, already <laughs> it's that. just weird. It's just a different time of year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> too funny no if it was i mean i i've never you know i don't think i've ever been like that because i love christmas so much and now that we have this extra space it's like what other decorations can we buy and put up (laughs) (laughs) the christmas village can be bigger this year (laughs) i can imagine it can be much bigger (laughs) yeah when i moved like i took this job and i moved about it's almost three years ago now but it, it really took a while to get my headspace in the right place because I feel like everything was different and you ha- you're learning so many new things, new job, new location. You got to find your new stores and your new coffee shop and all those things that I was so busy that I really didn't have the headspace to create. And so um wanted to just give you the like, it's going to be like you'll get it when it comes, you know, but, um, do you, do you think about like the next quilt? Do you, cause for me, a lot of what I'm always thinking about quilts. And so it's, that's creative too. Um, so I just wondered like how, what is, what does creativity look like for you when you're not creating with your hands? Yeah, that's been, I would say, the biggest challenge for me is, you know, working at The Gap, everything was so hands-on. You know, you're folding sweaters and dressing mannequins. And so for here, this is like really a a desk job. And so I had that was a big adjustment for me, Mm -hmm. going from being on my feet all day to then sitting all day. 
Um, and so I find myself getting up and, you know, going to other people's offices and desks and things. And, um, you know, as far as quilting goes, it has been quite a challenge because, um, I don't know if it's that I think, I'm not sure if it's that I feel like I have to produce content to share on social media and my blog. I still have my blog and and I try to keep it updated regularly. I'm not sure if I'm there where I'm like struggling with that or if it's that I just haven't settled enough to get all my mojo back. Mm -hmm. And I've made some projects since we've been here, but this weekend I really had a hard time, um, working on something and I have, you know, there's so many ideas and things that I want to do. And then as soon as I start, I'm like, no, I I don't like this. And, (laughs) you know, I get really frustrated and really get down on myself because, um, I feel the need to produce something. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's wrong with social media, especially now more so than when I started the tattooed quilter, there's this need to like do the next project, do the next project, post, post, post. And I see people doing it all the time. And so I find myself getting kind of frustrated with the, the fact that I'm not sharing enough or I'm frustrated with myself that I'm not sharing enough. And so it has been a little bit hard. And, but at the same time, I think about it and I'm like, you know what, we just moved mm-hmm. and uh, I need to give myself a break. And I think it's okay to, you know, take a moment and, and mm-hmm. regroup and, um, not feel the need to have to constantly produce something because everybody else is doing it. I'm feeling very seen right now. <laughs> like it sounds so familiar. I mean, oh, Lori yeah. and Ginger know, like I was really strong. And when COVID hit, forget about it. Like my Sojo went out the window. I didn't want to make anything. All I was doing was making stupid masks and, and, you know, and, and I will tell you that for me, it took, reorganizing my whole space because I, 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 I'm only have so much space. I downsized. So sort of the opposite of you, but mm-hmm. I had to get everything where I needed it to be and figure out how I like to work now in this new space. And in this new space, it's neat, like super organized because I can't, I can't work in a small space if it's messy. Yeah. And that's the total opposite. So, but that took two years <laughs> of me like, you know, but I feel that pressure. I feel that whole thing. It's, it just is what it is. And so have you come to terms with it? Are you, are you, are you okay with it now? Like it's, is, you're okay with not having to post everything every, all the time, or are you still dealing with it? <laughs> Um, no, I'm still dealing with it. And I think it's, um, it's interesting that our conversation went this way because I feel like people are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And I feel like it makes you, it makes you feel less of an important in the, Mm -hmm. you know, as a person or in the industry or like people are going to say, Oh, Chris disappeared or something. But, um, I think it's okay to talk about it. And and I think it's okay to say, Hey, you know, it's, it's, your work is going to suffer if you just are a machine. Yeah. And, um, uh, I think it'll get there. I think it'll, I'll find, uh, find what I want to do and, and it'll groove and it's, and moving has it. I look, I have never really given anything away. I've given a few quilts away, um, or sold anything. And so moving gave me the opportunity to really pull everything out and look at my body of work and how it has ebbed and flowed over the years of me making mini quilts and sort of where my style has gone and from improv to, you know, more modern traditional to now in this space of using a lot of negative space with foundation paper pieced blocks. And, um, it was just really interesting to pull everything out and look at it and go, okay, well, what really is the next thing? Like, what do I want to do next? Um, you know, I've talked about a YouTube channel and I'm like, Oh, I don't, do I really want to do that? You know, that's Mm -hmm. more to have to keep up with. And now, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's okay for us to kind of take a moment and and pause and sort of enjoy what's happening around us. And, and, and having the job at Riley Blake has, that's what I'm enjoying right now. I'm enjoying like really getting into it and, and really, you know, processing everything about the fabric industry and how it works and, you know, what we can and can't do and marketing campaigns and seeing everybody else's beautiful fabrics coming in and, you know, having a hand in that. So that's, that's been really fulfilling creatively, which has been great. 
Yeah. Well, and you were so lucky because you were at the forefront of blogging and getting in there. So we are lucky enough to go back and see your full body of work and really watch you evolve into where you are now. And uh, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. I, you know, I hope, and it's so cheesy, but I hope one day that I can have a, you know, like a little museum gallery situation where I can just put everything up and let everybody come and look and, you know, experience it, you know, in person. Cause you know, I don't, I don't really, I think, you know, besides a few events, I don't really share much of my work in person. People don't really get to see it. So I think it's different right. when you see people's quilts in person. Um, Jackie Gearing, when I first met her at the modern, at the quilt guild, at quilt con, I should say, she said to me, she goes, people can post a beautiful photo of their quilt, but when you see it in person, it's totally different. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and I, and I, I think about that all the time. And I think that's why my work is so, I try to be as precise and perfect as I can be because I'm like, I don't want people to see the picture and then see it in person and go, yeah, you're not that great. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay if they feel that way. You clearly have been around the quilt police a little too much. (laughs) This is is a judge-free zone. That's right. (laughs) I love it. And I don't think that sounds cheesy at all. I think that's a really wonderful goal to have. Yes. You know? Yeah, I think it would be fun. Well, I'll be like one of the first people to line up in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with you, Ginger. Like, Road yes. trip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure talking to you today and getting to know you a little better. Thank I you. I can't wait until all this is over and we can actually meet in person. Yes. That'd be nice. Yes. Love that. Hey, guys. Go ahead. What? what? Yeah, what? We got mail. Awesome. Oh, that's always my favorite. It's fun. (laughs) I know. It's fun, right? It is. All right. Well, I'm going to read two letters for you today. Oh, wow. That's great. (laughs) We actually have at least four, but they're pretty long, so I can only do two. Okay. Well, we'll get to the other ones eventually, right? We'll do the next next show. We'll do more. Um, The first one is a little bit short. It was just a quick, quick email. But um, this is from Pat Matula. And she said, Dear Chasey, Lori, and Ginger, and everyone else who made the day possible, I want to thank you all for a very fun way to spend World Quilting Day. It was a real treat to see everyone. And you all are very inspiring. I also loved seeing a quilt pattern made up in different fabrics. It's a great pattern, and I'm looking forward to making it. Thank you. That's kind of cool, huh? It and is. Awesome. It is. Yay. I like that. Hey, are we going to be able to see, like, has anybody noticed? Um, I can't remember how people are supposed to post their pictures of their quilts that they've done. Did we do a hashtag, or how we did we, did, what did we? Well, they're going to hashtag on Instagram, uh, quilt and tell, so not ampersand but spelled out andy uh podcast so hashtag quilt and tell podcast um i put the instructions in the letter that or the email that went out after the show with the pattern and you can tag me i'm at so supportive s-e-w supportive at on instagram and ginger your instagram hashtag is gst, GST quilts, quilts. GST quilts and sews. Mm -hmm. That is me. Cool. So if you're if you're making the quilt, we want to see it. So please tag us. And I made a habit. I mean, I've made a uh, went out of my way to follow that hashtag so that I would not be, you know, I I would see the things because I realized one day that there were people using the hashtag. Cool. If you know this, Ginger. No, I do. Uh, I use it all the time. I think I, I use think it I all do. the time too. Yeah, I use it all the time. <laughs> but there were a few people who actually posted things, and one yes. person took a screenshot of us. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> and kidding! Me up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So oh, that's I thought funny. it was funny, and I didn't see it for a few weeks. So, all right. And so the next letter says, "Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcasts on and off for the last year." A friend of mine suggested your program in early May while my mother was in the hospital. I usually listen when my husband goes to a job site. I turn off the TV, turn on one of the podcasts you've recorded, and I chill with some handwork. It's calming to hear about the new ideas and projects that you are all into. 2020 was a rough year for all of us on the planet. 
states shutting down, friends and relatives becoming sick, and not just from COVID. Businesses that I would take my mother to in the mornings for coffee, a craft magazine to look at, and a morning snack either closed permanently or were and still are only available for takeout. We were one group of seven at the local McDonald's four days a week. I miss seeing our coffee group friends. Just FYI, some of the the magazines were older than I am, and I'm 65. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? Um, my quilting has gone to the sidelines for the moment. While being isolated at home, I worked on this design using EQ7 for a memory quilt for my 94-year-old mother who suffers from Alzheimer's and dementia. I've attached a layout of what it might look like when it's done. It's a work in progress. It represents her life from her growing up in Newark, New York, to her burial besides our father in Newark, New York. I've created some of the pieces by hand already. At the beginning of 2020, my mother was still able to do red work embroidery, so mother and I started working on cactus red work patterns for a wall hanging for my sister. Mother stopped sewing in April, so I'll continue working on the next 15 patterns until they are done. Meanwhile, I keep collecting fabrics for the rest of the wall hanging. In June, my husband and I had a house fire. It took six months for the repairs to be done. We chose to stay in our home because we have five cats and they don't like change and the fire really upset them. Sewing machines were packed away because the dining room was gone. Fast food got really old. Thank goodness for a barbecue grill and a crock pot meals. <laughs> Mid-December, we were able to get most of our furniture back and hurry to get the house ready for Christmas with limited family. Thank you again for all the company that you've offered this past year. Jackie Offenlock, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, Jackie, what a year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right? Right? And I'm going to send you the photo right now. That's really oh, that's nice. So good. <laughs> yes. And for our listeners, I'll drop it in the show notes. But basically, there's a big flower in the center, and there's like a um, Ferris wheel in the corner, and there's um, some rings that look like a wedding ring and an engagement ring, and a car, and a shield, and a cat, and all of these wonderful things that she put to represent, you know, her, her mother. And so I just think it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> One of yes, the so sweet, right? Yeah. Especially somebody struggling with Alzheimer's or dementia. Like there's oh, just yeah. something about a memory quilt that it, it just has such a deeper meaning when, when you add that layer in. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That is such a good idea. I love it. I agree. You know, it's funny because I feel like so many people have slowed down um, and, you know, taken on projects that, you know, either have more meaning or are things that they didn't have time for before. Right. Yeah. No, it's a shame it takes a pandemic to get you to really slow down. <laughs> <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know what? And I hit the point this weekend where I don't want to make any more masks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sydney asked me for one this weekend, and I was like, okay, I'm oh. so done. And I went to make her one and she wanted it a little bigger and I accidentally made it at the exact same size. So now I got to make another one. Oh no. Dang it. <laughs> I actually finally cut up the, uh, what is it? Anti-chromobial. How do you say it? The fabric that you oh, had given the us. Anti-microbial yeah. fabric. Yes, I did yes. too. I did I too. Cut them up. I have done nothing else with them. <laughs> I actually, okay. So I lied. I'm, I'm going to make a few more because yeah. I definitely want to use the antimicrobial mm -hmm. fabric. Um, the fabric is, if you're interested in learning more, we talked about it. I don't even know what episode yeah, that was. It was, was, a while it was ago. so long ago. Um, but the fabric's available through Fat Quarter Shop mm -hmm. and they have it under their mask little section in the store. And it comes in white, black, and blue. Mm -hmm. And I was actually planning to make um, some black ones because we took, I took Sydney to the doctor over the last week. And um, one of the doctors had just a black mask and it looked so nice. And I thought, well, 
I've got the antimicrobial fabric. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> oh. See, now I went and looked for patches because I didn't want just a plain mask because I feel like I've had such fun fabric for the last, mm-hmm. you know, round of masks that I've done. So I found some fun little patches that I'm going to iron on to. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good Spruce idea. Spruce it up a little bit. That's a good idea. And it's funny because I, um, on last week at the doctor's appointments, we kept getting comments about the the fact that we had unusual masks on. Yeah. Fun. Funny. Yeah. Mm. But that's fine. If you don't want to make any more, don't make any more. Exactly. (laughs) It's called batik. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel as if I've explained batik to so many people that look at me like, I really didn't want to know that. (laughs) But now they do. Now they do. That's the way it is. All right, ladies. Well, it has been so much fun chatting with you this week. I know. Yes. I can't wait. I got to get my quilts done so I actually have something to talk about next time. (laughs) Yes, you do. Sounds like fun. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Uh, I have in the studio with me today, Jody Robinson. She is an amazing quilter, an author, and a gamel quilt artist and educator. <laughs> you did. did I get all that right? <laughs> Excellent. So you are actually visiting beautiful Golden, Colorado yes. today, and we would just we decided we would take advantage of that and have a few minutes to chat yeah. with you. I want to talk a little bit about your background in quilting. How did you start quilting? So I started quilting, just quilting, probably about six, 26 years ago. Um, after a couple of years, my mother-in-law had made a few quilts, and so she kind of talked me into making a quilt and then decided she wanted a long arm quilting machine. But she wanted someone to pay for the other half of it. <laughs> oh, I think she only wanted half of a machine. Right. So, um, yeah, I got talked into that mm-hmm. and I had no clue. I didn't even know what it was. And I'm like, wait, people pay you to do that? Yeah. And that was how long ago? 26 years wow. ago. Wow. No, that would have been 24 years ago we got the machine. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think, now that I think about it, were long arms even on my radar back then? I'm not even sure. Yeah, even, uh, they weren't on mine. Yeah, I, I think mean, the first time I saw a long arm, I don't even think it was a long arm, was in the early 2000s. So that's amazing. Yeah. And it was a very different thing because now... You know, now you buy anything, whether it's a long arm or a sewing machine, and there are classes and online, and there was nothing. It was like, here's this machine. Good luck. Yeah. Wow. So she wanted wanted to go in on a machine with you. Mm -hmm. And we did. And that's a big investment. So how did you wrap your brain around? But not then. Oh, not then, really? (laughs) Right. Okay, so it was long. Okay. And we bought a used one. Oh, smart. Okay. So, yeah. And we worked together for no more than two years. Wow. Because we live 45 minutes apart. Gotcha. And it's hard. It just, yeah. So then I decided I need to have my own. And wow. And again, I bought a used one because uh-huh. I didn't, that's all I could afford. Yeah. So. And I feel like back then it was more of a professional investment. Like people usually, I I remember working at a store back in probably, it was probably 2004 at this time. And and the way that we pitched them to people was if you bought one, you could potentially take in other people's quilts and pay for it. Right. Was that, was that true for you back then? Yeah. We, I mean, we bought it to have a business. I mean, it wasn't. Like now, people just buy them mm-hmm. to quilt their own quilts, and it was not that. So tell me about how you got involved with Gamel. Well, we bought the the first machine that we bought together was a used Gamel, mm-hmm. and it, it it was a lot different because now machines have bells and whistles, and right. you know it was a basic thing. Nothing ever went wrong. So when it was my turn to buy my own. It was the obvious choice. And we chose it because back then, you know, now there are a lot of companies out there. Yes. Back then, there was a, 
less than a handful. So my husband looked at all the pamphlets and he was like, well, this one's the best made, you know, being a mechanical kind of guy. Yeah. So then, but just, you know, like anything, if you buy something and you have no problems, why would you switch? True. So, yeah, then I, I mean, I just quilted and quilted for customers for 24 years. And, but along the line, then I, you know, I was making show quilts and I got to be a gamma quilt artist. And um, now I have a 22 inch machine, a Vision 2, with an, an Elevate, which is kind of like a partial computerized system. Because I probably six years ago would have told you I will never have a computerized machine. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so so what changed your mind? Well, it's it's not a full-blown computerized machine. So what I realized was that it could do my customer edge-to-edge quilting mm-hmm. while I do something else. But then it grew because I then became a gamma educator, and we do the Quilting with Confidence tour. So I was traveling all year long. Mm-hmm. I had to not quilt for customers. Oh, yeah. So, but I realized that you can make the computer. So what I like to do is stitch out things with the computer, mm-hmm. very basic, and then I go back freehand and... Make it special? Yeah. See, yeah. you know, that always amazes me about the, the free motion quilting part of quilting is not my strength, let's just say. Um, and as I talk to quilters through our podcast, Mm -hmm. the way that they think of putting things together just blows my mind. And as I was doing a little research on you, um, knowing that you were coming into the show, I watched some videos online about your stencils. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you take a basic stencil and just turn it into magic with your gamel. And it, it blows my mind. Did you always think that way? Were you an artist when you were younger? No. I like art. And like in my whole family, I come from a whole family of artists. So my grandfather was um, an artist, an industrial designer, and my son's an architect, and my aunt is a watercolor artist. So it's almost everyone in the family was some form of artist. So I kind of think that eventually I realized that kind of, oh, Maybe I did get this, too. Mm-hmm. It's just in a different Osmosis. form, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the, because I have a class that I teach about stencils. And so I always tell the story that I moved my quilting room from downstairs to upstairs. I came across this stack of three-inch thick stack of stencils. And I was like, these can go. I bought these 20 years ago and never used them. But then I saw them laying there, and it just hit me, this one that was there. I was like, wait a minute. If I took this and turned it over and then marked it again, I could fill it in. And it was just like this weird thought, and it did work. So then I reanalyzed all these stencils, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is – and it's become like a thing for me. I just – I'm amazed by what you can do with them. And it's like a helper because it can give you some lines to start and then you make it whatever you want. Yeah. And ideally, it doesn't even look like the stencil. So nobody knows how you even made that design. Wow. That's amazing. Because, you know, I, I was thinking that when I was watching you work with those, that it definitely made me feel like using a long arm was a little more approachable. Because I always feel like you need to know how to draw. You need to learn how to draw with the machine. And and that's a little bit intimidating to me. What would you say to people who are thinking about buying a long arm? I would tell them to go for it. I mean, when, when we went, there was nothing. You know, I'm like, I don't even know what this does. And as soon as you put, I feel like anyways, when you put your hands on it and you start to move it around, you realize how easy it it really is so i think the coolest thing and the easiest way to get started in free motion is by cursive right you know you you write your 
name all the time. Well, you do it. You know how to do that, right? It's automatic. So you do it with the long arm. So now that kind of becomes relatable, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it just grows from there. You know, loops are really just E's or L's. True. And it truly is. You can always relate some common thing to it, I think. And I don't think you have to be able to draw to quilt. Because I meet a lot of students who they can't draw anything. They can quilt really well. Or they'll, they'll say, oh, don't mind my drawing. It'll look better <laughs> when I go over there. And it usually does. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm the same. I'm no great artist at drawing. But I will say it is intimidating, though. You know, you get this big machine and, you know, you it's... It's scary. And it's a blank slate. Yeah. But you just have to play, I think. I know, you know, in classes, a lot of times you hear people say practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. I always thought of it as play. You know, it's like learning an instrument. And someone says, well, you just have to practice. Well, you never wanted to practice. No, that seems like work. That's not fun. (laughs) So, yeah. And I kind of, and I think because, like I said before, there were no classes when I started you just kind of did things, you know, oh, let me try this. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of grows from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. And I have to say, too, if, you, if you're someone considering it as a business, when I started, I was 27. So I had a kindergarten age son. I've quilted that whole time. So it's like an awesome thing that you can do in your own home still be there for your kids. And I mean, I like it helped put my son through college. So it's like this has been and I didn't realize it when it was happening. But to think back now, I'm like, yeah, that quilting did a lot for me, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah, it really. And I never thought of it that way now that I'm older. (laughs) (laughs) But you can look back and you can see how that path happened. Yeah. Interesting. So um, if a person is interested in learning more about a gamel, what do they do these days? I mean, I know things are still a little weird and I think people think that things are closed, but how would they learn more? How would they learn more about how to use the machine? Um, There are dealers all over. So if you would go to like the gamel website, Mm -hmm. you can find the dealer near you. Because they, you know, you can go in and test drive them. If there were shows, I would say go to a show and test drive them. Right, There aren't. Maybe next year. Yeah. And I mean, they even, on the Gamma website, they have tons of online education. So it might be a nice place to start if you, you know, maybe took a beginner class to see, you know, what's involved and how it, you know, how you do the quilting. I think that's a great idea. Well, thank you so much for stopping in. I know you've got a busy schedule over the next 24 hours, but I'm so grateful that you took the time to chat with me. Well, thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.